why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience what you'd like them to know about you and your business? Great. Thank you so much, Dr. Francis. I um, I love to uh, write. I love to sing. I love to shop. Um, I really don't love to try different foods. Um, I hope I've not offended anyone on that level. But um, concerning my business, I support women who have suffered abuse or experienced abuse so they can um, get some tips and tools on how to overcome um, that experience and how to build healthy relationships. And so talk about this work that you started doing with helping women who are abused. That is huge. And I know if I'm correct on statistics that those numbers go up during the holidays. So this is like, I believe, the way conversation is happening. Yes, it is. Um, and you are correct. The numbers go um, extremely high during the holiday season because so many women feel um, alone. They feel um, left out. They feel deserted. They feel depressed during the holidays. And it's so important to have some tips and tools so they can get unstuck, unmuted, and unblocked. If someone is listening and they're saying, I need some strategies, some tips and tools, what recommendations would you give them? I would love to share with them the core mythology that um, God had given me to get me beyond my past experiences with sexual abuse. And um, it all started out when I had to really look within myself to uh, know that I had a lot of work that I had to do. And I had to build my self-confidence from within and not try to fit into somebody's cookie cutter um, shape or um, to fit into a mold of how a black woman um, in the workplace should be or should act. And then I had to learn how to set healthy boundaries. It's so important to um, execute the word and saying the word no. And it's okay to say no because we have to learn how to take care of ourselves first. If we can't take care of, our, take care of ourselves first, we're no good to no one else and nothing else. Another tip I would love to share um, during the holiday season is to get around people who really celebrate you, who get excited when you show up, who want to have an engaging conversation with you um, to learn how to open up that door and um, to say, you know what, I'm going to try X, Y, Z, because we get so stuck in the patterns of our day-to-day activities. Sometimes we don't have the opportunity to try something new. So um, those are four little tips that I would share. Talk about your book, Beyond the Altar and the Title. Yes, thank you so much. Um, I titled the book, Beyond the Altar, because um, I was sexually abused at the age of five years old. Um, To give you a quick backstory, my father was a pastor of um, a large congregation in Los Angeles, California. My mom, she worked in ministry alongside my my father. And um, 
we have a large uh, family. I have a lot of siblings. It's about nine of us. So during that era, and I'm dating myself now, we were told children ought to be seen and not heard. And I didn't have to help me heal from the inside out. All the while, from the age of five up until maybe four years ago, I was carrying the wounds and the scars of being sexually abused. And I didn't have the tips and tools to help me move forward. So that's why I wrote the book, Beyond the Altar. Now that I am healed and healthy and whole, I can share the tips and tools that I went through to encourage another sister that she too can go beyond, live beyond, um, move beyond all of those past hurts and pains. One of the things that I want our audience to know is that you have been married for 37 years. Yes. You serve as an evangelist and being the first lady. And how did that come about? How did you feel? Oh man! Exposing all of this, all of this backstory. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for asking. And I have to be very candid with the issue because it's very sensitive. It's um, a real issue when it concerns you, um, those who are married. You know, your loved ones. Even if you have children, um, I had. Before I got married um, with my husband, I, I told him exactly what was going on because I had a lot of baggage and I didn't want him to be blindsided. I, I wanted him to know that, hey, I'm putting everything on the table. This is where I am and I need help with X, Y, Z. So we had to have um, a healthy conversation um before we could even move forward now regarding my children sharing with them it was so important after i spoke to my husband um to say you know what babe is it okay if i just share my story to the world and he said absolutely and then i said you know we have to tell our kids so i told my children and they are young adults now and um they were in agreement they said yes by all means share your story because it will definitely help another person now, being the first lady, um, it has the potential to have some backlash. It has potential to um, get some rejections. But where I am now in this healthy place, it's okay. Regarding, regarding me sharing my story. So I know who I am. I know who I belong to. And I know what I can do. And it's all because of God's love. And this is how I am to share God's love with others, regardless of the objections, regardless of the rejections, regardless of the naysayers. I still have to share, share God's love with them. If someone is listening and they have not yet shared their story, what advice would you give them? Um, tip number one, I would always say, share your story with somebody that has a listening ear. Two, share your story with someone who have experienced sexual abuse. 
um, how can I talk to somebody and they have never experienced what I've, I've gone through. They've never experienced guilt, shame, hurt, fear, rejections, um, feeling abandoned. You, you really can't empathize with that person. So I created a safe place, a healthy space um, with my business, Courage of Champions, that is primarily designed for women. Now I'm finding now that I've written my book, men are, are coming forward and saying that, you know what, I've been abused too. So my doors are open. Um, I make myself available to support women and men to help them get to a healthy place so they can build healthy relationships, so they can live beyond all of the hurt um, and the shame of their past. And so, um, Lady Brenda, if someone is interested in connecting with you, how would they connect with you? It is so easy for the listeners to connect with me. They can find me on just about all the social media platforms. My name is Lady Brenda Thomas. My website is Lady Brenda Thomas. So they can find me um, at my website. They can leave me a message. My staff will definitely respond, and um, and then we can connect one-on-one. We can do group sessions. So I'm very, very accessible. Um, and they can find me at ladybridgetonis.com. Thank you for that. We always want to um, have an attitude of gratitude, and I want you to fill in the blanks. Okay. Pandemic, thank you because... Wow, that's a good one. You're really hitting home on that one. <laughs> I, I, and I say that, and now I can laugh. Just on last night, I I had a, a moment where I was really reflecting on my father. I'm a daddy's girl, and we lost our dad last year due to COVID. And during the pandemic, we were not afforded to have the usual celebration of life in a church setting so we had to do it a graveside um event and that was very hard and and also just knowing that we would not have our father here in the natural with us day to day so i want to thank the pandemic for teaching me how to stand tall even in the face of losing my dad, losing a loved one, losing somebody that was very dear. And and I say he was very dear because every footstep that he trotted, he owned his space. And he was our hero. He was um, our just a, a awesome male father figure. And I just want to tell the pandemic, you know, thank you. You thought you won, but you didn't. We are still here, not only surviving, but we are thriving during the pandemic. And our sincere sympathy for Thank your you. loss. And speaking of your dad, how did he um, and your parents, how did they deal with you talking about your sexual abuse? Unfortunately, with my father, um, and I love my father dearly. I really 
don't believe he was able to grasp the effects of me being sexually abused. I shared with my mom and um, during that time, like I said, it was it's difficult to really share with your parents, but the way that I am built, I do have to share, I, and I did. My mother today, and I gave her a book, an autographed copy. She read it. She told me she cried. She read it. She laughed. And she did the work because in the back of the book, I included a worksheet or a, a workbook. So she was able to go through the process. So not only was it healing for me, but it was good for my mom to go through the exercise of really seeing the effects of an individual, her own daughter, who was sexually abused. So it, it was good. I think the benefits, um, they were good. My father, like I said, um, he had dementia prior to his passing, so he really wasn't able to comprehend the depth of the abuse. But my mother, she really expressed herself, and we were able to talk about it. And did you know your abuser? Yes, yes, there were two. And um, back in the day, our home was in front of the church, and it was a, a, a parsonage. And and I say, unfortunately, since it was so centrally located, we constantly had people coming in and out of our home. And um, I had a lot of siblings, so they had friends and they had friends. So it was a constant flow of traffic. So I absolutely know my abusers. But the key is I have forgiven them. So I'm able to, to move beyond that. Um, I'm, I'm not harboring any resentment. Um, I'm not not living on the shoulda, woulda, couldas. I'm moving forward. Advice you wish you had followed? Advice I wish I had followed was to share, to talk. Um, about the abuse prior to me going into uh, my adulthood because the effects were tremendous. Um, it was like wearing my the wool on the outside, although it, it resonated from the inside, but I was wearing it on the outside. That affected me um, throughout my, my adult life. So if I had followed the advice of what I know now, of talking to someone to help me get past the um, pain, then that is exactly what I would follow. What problem exists in the world today that you would like to solve? I would love to solve um, the problem of not seeing people, and I say, when I say people, this is in general, um, and it's no gender uh, base. Just people in general, where they are free um, to express all of their past experiences, to get the help and the support that they need, 
and um, even mentally, because during the holiday season, people with mental issues, they suffer greatly. So if there was an avenue where people could receive help, could receive some hope during the holidays, I would love to see all of that eradicated. Speaking of mental health, how do you preserve and take care of your own mental health? Ooh, Dr. Francis. <laughs> that is a good one. I would love to say um, the, the way that I preserve myself is to really, sometimes my husband have to remind me too, bless his heart. He'll have to tell me, you know, babe, you need to take a break. You need to rest. You're doing too much. You're going too much. Um, and, and I have to listen. Sometimes I, I'm resistant and I, I kick, you know, kick a little resistance. But I have to find a place where I can take care of my mind, my body, and my soul. My mind, I can take time out to read, um, just to be present. Um, I go outside in the backyard. Um, I, I just sit. I, I'm, I try to be still. During that time, my body, I love to go walking uh, because it gives me the freedom to just be there, just be present. I don't have to think about or worry about things. Um, now, for my soul, I love to um, praise and worship. I love to listen to, to music that inspires me, to empower me. It's so important to take care of my mind, my body, and my soul. And that's how I uh, try to release all of the pinned up and, and all of the, the build ups you know, that comes along with life. And when I focus on those three things, and I try to do it early in the morning. I try to do it before um, my husband get up. I try to do it before my grandkids starts calling and um, and visiting. So it's so important that we learn how to take care of ourselves first, because like I previously stated, when we're not doing that for ourselves, we're no good to anyone. Speaking of reading, what book are you reading right now and why? You know what I'm reading? I'm reading right now. I'm rereading the book that I just wrote, Beyond the Altar, because I have found that I really have to take a little post-it note of a scripture or of a word, and I'm keeping that in my journal so I can have it visible to remind myself that, you know what, Brenda, you have to do these four things. Take care of your core. Build yourself within. Strengthen yourself from within. Nobody else is going to do it for me. I have to learn how to do the work. And I'm also building up my my um, my resistance to not from being so fearful from sharing because this is a new journey that I'm working on. This is a new um, place that God has placed me in. So now I have to make sure that I am doing everything that I possibly can to strengthen and build myself up from the inside out. Lady Brenda, talk to a younger you. What advice would you give to a younger you? You know, this is so 
you may not believe this, but I was just sitting at my computer yesterday and I told myself, you know what? You got to write a letter to yourself. I'm always journaling. I would write a letter to myself and tell myself, you are the most resilient woman that I know of. Regardless of all of the things that you went through, you are still standing strong. It's just like a palm tree. I would tell myself, you're just like a palm tree. When the hurricane wind blows, they, they bend, but they don't break. So it is with you, Brenda. I would tell my younger self that you have been given um, all of the gifts that you need to succeed. What have you not done in life that you dream about often that you would like to do? Oh, wow. I would love to. Um, I've tried parasailing, so, uh, but I don't think I would do that again. I would love to um, skydive. I would love to skydive to um, actually jump out of a plane with a parachute now. <laughs> Let, let's be clear. <laughs> yes, I would love to. Also, um, my dream is to go to Africa, Zimbabwe, um, in fact, to minister to children in the area because of a um, gold mining company is in the area and they're pulling the young kids out of school to work in the mine. So um, my, my dream, my goal is to go to Zimbabwe to teach um, students and to um, deliver cell phones so they can have their um, academic lessons via Wi-Fi so they'll be able to graduate. So that is my goal, that's my desire. There are so many brands and businesses that are dominating. Talk about a brand or a business that's dominating that you admire and why. I love, um, I'm an advocate for women and I love Taria Avant. Um, her brand and her mission is to help people share their story and to share their story in the right way so they can um, be visible and relatable. And I love how she opens the door to, um, to include women, to make them feel that they are not a second class citizen, but what they have to share is vital and it is needed and important. So I love um, her brand. I love what she stands for. I love her mission. And um, I would love to emulate um, some of the key things that she says well. Tell me the brand again. It is Courage of Champions. Oh, your brand. My awesome. brand Thank is you Courage of Champions. Yes, you're welcome. Okay. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. What is your biggest achievement so far in life or business? Sharing my story um, with other women. 
I love to be real. I love to be relatable. And I love to keep it 100, as the young people say. <laughs> I love to... I love to uh, just tell them, you know, uh, this is where I was, um, but this is where I am now. And I love to give just a tip or a tool um, and just encourage them to take that next step toward their healthy journey to trust again. Um, I love to encourage women so they can live their lives out loud in the fullest potential that God created them. What is the best decision you've made as a leader? Woo, that's a good one because that's twofold. I look at that because I work in ministry and um, being a leader, you really have to lead as an example. Um, as a leader, I cannot say do as I say, but do as I do. I have to first um, show people that, you know what, I am really sold out for God. I love all of my heart. And as a leader, even in the marketplace, I have to be an example. I have to be who I say that I am and then deliver the goods that I say that I can deliver. Being a leader means that, you know what, you can only go so high unless you have the right people holding your ladder. My husband taught about this um, several years ago, and it really resonated with me because we can not be a leader when our ladder is is wobbly, if when we're not sure, when we um, don't know and don't have the right tools and the right uh, people to support us. So being a leader, you are in a position to recreate the very things that you do so somebody else can take it even further, so somebody can reach other people um, beyond your sphere of influence. So that is what I believe a leader is. What do you need right now that you don't have to move the needle forward? Ooh, um, right now, uh, that's a good question because I am um, I'm working a nine to five job, and I'm working. It feels like nine to five with my business, Courage of Champions uh, Mentorship Program. Um, I believe that in order to really be successful in the things that I really love, and that is mentoring women, I have to be all in. So having the time to um, support the dream, the goal, and the desire is, is what's needed for me. So you're wearing multiple hats. I am. Yes. You're a grandmother. You're working yes. nine to five. You're the first lady. Yes. You are a wife. Yes. You're an entrepreneur. Talk about work-life effectiveness and how are you managing? Oh, that's a good one because we've had, when I say we, my husband and I have had some heated conversations um, regarding my time management. <laughs> because when I um, get up and go, when I set my mind, when I am determined... Um, 
I, I'm all in. I go, I go, and I go. And I had to learn how to say no. I had to learn how to prioritize. Um, I had to learn how to keep God first, my family second, and then my career. Um, it, it was a process. It wasn't something that I just, you know, started doing when we got married. I really had to work on it and uh, because it was a challenge for me. And then I had to um, uh, stay focused and really just take care of those things that were needed at that moment and stop being like a little, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, not a cricket, but, you know, when you get busy and you're, you're doing one thing, but then you see something else and then you tend to try to do that. I have to really be focused and to execute my time management skills. So you are following or you were following the shiny Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> Just all over the place. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's great. No, I had to stop that. And I had to really be um, strategic um, and to tell myself and to remind right. myself. And sometimes I literally had to talk to myself, Brenda, don't do that. You stay focused. This is what you're going to do. Finish it. And then move on to the next project. Mm-hmm. What is your zone of genius, Lady Brenda? Oh, my gosh. That's a good question. I believe my zone of genius is sharing and interacting with women um, and just talking. I believe that sharing my story, I, I have to go back to that. Just talking to women in general, I believe that my genius is engaging with um with other women to make them feel comfortable um to make them feel like they can share their story with me and whatever their story may be i try to make them feel as comfortable as possible what is your weakness as an entrepreneur oh that's a difficult one because of course um I want to see every individual that works with me succeed. I want them to reach their maximum potential. However, I know that I cannot, I cannot save the world. I can only save um, and, and help and support individuals who are willing to match that same level of um, enthusiasm that same level of zeal to to get to the other side so I, I have to learn and know that although I am pouring out I am pouring into someone else's cup it's up to them to maintain the level and to use that wisdom to use those tips and tools to um, to grow. What is one thing we can do right now to support your business? Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Um, you know, we're just sharing it. Um, let people know that, hey, there's a new girl on the block and she is in courage of champions um, to let people know that where they can reach me, ladybrendathomas.com, to let them know that they can go beyond their pain point using um the core mythology 
talk about motherhood, money, and managing a business. Oh, those are good ones. As a nurturer, I believe that God has given me the ability to nurture our children, to love them. Um, and I'm thankful for it. I'm very grateful to have that opportunity to be called a mom. And uh, with that, now that I'm a grandmother of three, um, I'm super ecstatic. As a mother, it required me to give love even when I didn't want to. It required me to give time of myself. It required me to nurture them, to educate them, um, to support them even in their extracurricular activities. Um, we were there, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. As a, uh, when it comes to money, now, my husband and I took a class, um, the Dave Ramsey financial course. I'm not sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's so, excellent. Um, I found out that he's the nerd and I'm the squirrel, okay, when it comes to finances. <laughs> so, I, and, and I'm glad. No, <laughs> seriously, I'm so glad that he is the financial um, stability when it comes to um, to our finances. I, I'm so thankful for that because if it was left to me, we would be shopping every day. We would be going here and going there. Um, but I'm learning. I am learning how to be um, conscientious with our finances. So that was a challenge for me. It really was because growing up, you know, I thought it was just a free for all because. Uh, we were afforded some wonderful benefits. And I'm not going to talk about um, beyond the altar that, that this benefit, but I, I had to learn how to really appreciate um, the level of having finances and, um, to, and to use it wisely. You know, Lady Brenda, I was having a conversation today with um, a pastor and I was talking about um, pastors wives and just the challenges that they have to go through. And yes. when you talk about beyond the altar, that might be part two of the book, is uh, <laughs> just pastors wives. And yes. so how do you love the unlovable, Ooh. And even when you're feeling like you're being pulled and not being poured, you know, your cup is, mm -hmm. is empty. Mm -hmm. And how do you keep loving in spite of? Well, this is my story and I'm sticking to it. When we came to, um, Rich Chris, and my husband was called to uh, be the interim pastor, and um, initially it started out for three months, and that's what the contract said, and I was like, you know what, that's fine, but the contract turned into 30 years, so we've been here for 30 years, ministry, and um, initially when we came to the church, I did not want to have a relationship with the women because of what I had seen and heard growing up as a child, because my father 
um, was a pastor and my mother worked in ministry. So I saw it all, heard it all, knew it all. <laughs> and the things that I didn't know, it's like I didn't want any part of it. So I was sitting in the back of the church when we came to um, the current church that we're in now. And I was very, um, I was messed up, jacked up, stuck up. I didn't want to talk. And after service, I would gather our small children at the time. And I said, you know what, babe, I'm going back to Los Angeles, you know, to go to my parents' church. And this one particular Sunday, I did the same routine. And I said, okay, babe, I'm going to pack the kids and we're going to go to Los Angeles. And he said, well, babe, if you go, don't come back. And that shook me. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not going to let another woman coming up in here, you know, (laughs) um, trying to rebuild on the foundation that we've laid. And I knew right then and there, I had to change. I had to do some work. And um, it took me some time to really heal and to be open with the women. And I'll never forget it. November 2019. I hosted a women's conference and the title of the conference was the Oasis, the experience at the well. And we took the theme from a scripture from the Bible in John, where it was a Samaritan woman. She went to Jacob's well at the noonday time. And, um, and there she met Jesus. She didn't know Jesus was going to be there, but he is an all knowing God. He knew that he would have a conversation with her. So we created on the stage, the main stage, an actual um, Jacob's Well theme, and we had an actual well. On the night of decorating, one of the ladies from my church said, Lady Brenda, did you have a chance to look inside the well? And she was describing, you know, how uh, peaceful it was, how... um, tranquil it was how serene it was and you can just feel the presence of God and I said yeah sure I'll check it out just before I, I, I go home lo and behold I go to the well and when I looked in the water and saw my reflection it did not resemble Jesus's characteristics that's when I knew I was messed up jacked up broke up and I needed to do some internal work. And there is when I started pinning the book Beyond the Altar. And I had to openly repent and ask all of the attendees to forgive me for my attitude. And this is 2019. Okay, we came to the church in 1993, I believe it was. So all the while, I was behaving, trying to sing and minister, teach and preach and all of that. But I was still broken. I was wounded from the inside. And I repented and I have been doing the work. Um, And thanks be to God, I am now healed. So I now today can love on women when they are not lovable. Why? Because I wasn't lovable. I wasn't approachable. Even though I was the pastor's wife, that didn't mean that I had it all together. That that didn't mean that I was right 100% of the time. 199.9% of the time, I was wrong. I was the one at fault. So now I can um, extend an olive branch you know, to another woman to let her know that, hey, you know what? I love you. And I have to still give you time to heal. It's not about my time. It's all about God's time.
That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for being so You're authentic welcome. and just um, doing a pivot on that and, and just reflecting on yourself. So that is pretty profound. Thank you. You're welcome. I want you to have a monologue and I want you to name this person living or not. And they have inspired you so much. You are so indebted to this person. Name this person and talk to this person. What are you saying? I would have to, I'll call her Brenda. I would have to say, Brenda, thank you for being honest to um, allow yourself to be vulnerable, to allow yourself to um, just stand in the space where you are, where you're able to share your experiences in an effort to help save another person, whether that is male or female, to let them know that, hey, yes, she experienced this. Yes, she did this. Yes, she may even said that. But look at the success of the end of that story. She's able to share it. She's able to go through it. And Brenda, I want to tell you, thank you. I would have to say, put my name there <laughs> because it was a journey for me um, because I was reluctant to share my story because I thought that there would be major backlash even in the church. Um, but now I know that what, what God has for me, what he did for me, he did it so I can share it with somebody else. Is there a social cause tied to your business? Um, there is. Um, yes, there is. But I also offer a free, um, some free bonuses. And um, there is definitely a cost to uh, my program. Okay. The word is listening. What is that resounding sound or message that your generation is saying we should be listening to? Listening to the person, um, what they are saying. And sometimes that means listening to what they're not saying. Because people, when they are talking, we have to be so sensitive to try to put the the whole picture together to really figure out, you know what, maybe she's hurting in this area um, or maybe she experienced this because of X, Y, Z. So we have to be sensitive to listen and then kind of parrot what they have said to let them know that, Hey, I heard you. I heard what you said because you said X, Y, Z. And then add a little bit more to it. So I think it's so important that we learn how to um, effectively listen when people are, are speaking. Lady Brenda, if you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. I would say, um, Lady Brenda, why did you wait so long? to experience the benefits of being healed 
from the inside out? I would answer that by saying, because I was so concerned about how others would perceive me. Now that I know that healing is for the individual so they can um, stand in their own truth, so they can um, walk and live in a place where there's no condemnation. Nobody can tell my story but me. They may read it and try to reshare it, but really nobody can share my story the way that I can because I lived it. I've been there and I've done that. But guess what? The good news is that I am on the other side because I am living beyond what happened at the altar. Lady Brenda, we've come to the part of our interview. It's called Fun Facts Lightning Round. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I want you to give me very quick answers. If there's okay. something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are you ready for the Fun Facts Lightning Round? I am ready. Your favorite color? Blue. Your first job? Working at Knott's Berry Farm. The last movie you saw? The Harder They Fall. You relax doing what? Having a deep tissue body massage. Your favorite singer or rapper? Uh, Favorite singer would be uh, Mary Mary, Erica Campbell, Maxwell, and um, Tremaine. I'm sorry. (laughs) You said one. I'm so sorry. That's okay. You get to do that because it's about you. Don't worry about it. Your favorite dance song? Oh. Mm. Oh. I don't know the actual name. I think it's called The Wobble. I'm not for sure if that's the actual title. What food you eat every week no matter what? Nachos. Your favorite month? December. Work out or hit the couch? Work out. (laughs) Lady Brenda Thomas, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast. Before we let you go, why don't you share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you and do business with you and feel free to leave all your social media handles. Awesome. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Listen, you can connect with me at LadyBrendaThomas.com. I am LadyBrendaThomas.com on just about all of the social media platforms. I am here. Um, I created a safe place. It's called Courage of Champions, which is on LadyBrendaThomas.com as well. Thank you, Lady Brenda Thomas. That is a wrap. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye-bye.